17, 38, and 39. If you could stand for the reading of the word, if you're not already standing, I'd ask you to do that. 1 Samuel 17, 38, and 39. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. And tonight's thought, what God has been pouring in me all day today, all day today is Saul's armor is never going to fit. Saul's armor is never going to fit. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the presence that we already feel here tonight, God. You're doing a work at Tree of Life. You're doing a work with each individual, God, whether they're here or they watch or however they're a part of this church and this congregation. We thank you for the work that you're doing, Jesus. We thank you for your presence that we felt here tonight. We know you're doing something tonight. We thank you for it. I ask for your anointing, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, to deliver your word the way you would have it delivered. In the name of Jesus, I pray. We all pray. And we can say in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I've said it before, but I love one of my favorite people in the Bible is David I just see so much of his life that we can all look at and say, this is so much of what I've done that, or I've done this, or I felt like that before, and just look at him and his entire life as something that, that we can relate to or identify as. He's just so, so personable in the fact that he cries out in the book of Psalms, and we can see he's up, he's down, he's all over the place sometimes, but the fact is... He's showing he's vulnerable. He's showing who he is and that he has to have God, that he has to trust in God, that he has to look to God, that God is his only answer. And, and when I look at that and we look at this story, for instance, I, I look at us today and, and how we live and, and who we are and, and the lives that, that we are dealing with in Western civilization or the United States, if you will. And, and I always hearken back and, and look at everyone in the Bible when we can say, you know, they've lived lives just like us. I've said it before. They're no different. They had the same feelings. We're not more advanced or evolved, if you will, from a science class and, and, and think so much differently. They had the same emotions, the same troubles and trials. There may have been some things different. They may not have had cell phones and GPS, but they were certainly dealing with the same things that we take on each day, the same raw emotions, the same fights, and the same struggles. And David was no different. This, this, this boy that was anointed to be king, and, and I look at his life, at this point, here he is out in this monotonous field, this shepherd boy out in this, this field alone with these sheep and the stars, if you will, or, or the sun during the day, or whatever it is. And so many of us go to our jobs and feel like, here I am again, this monotonous day, doing the same thing over and over. Is it, am I doing anything? What, what am I accomplishing? Does this mean anything? How many times could David had said, what am I doing out here? Sure, I've killed some bears and some lions, but nobody knows that. Does anybody see us? Does anybody see you or see us when we're on our, on our jobs or whatever we're doing, going through our day-to-day our -day lives? 
And we can get caught up in that and thinking along with what the world tells us, what the civilization that we live in and this culture is telling us what's successful, what's not, how to be, how to get there, how to accomplish things, how to develop yourself, how to increase your income or your promotions, if you will, in, in, in your workplace. But here's David out there, just him and God so many times, and that's how. That's how he got such a cr- close relationship with our mighty God. That's why he can talk to him the way he did in the book of Psalms and say the things that he said, crying out in some cases, praising him and others, whatever it may be. It's because of those nights, those days where he was alone with God. What a great place to be, and we don't have that opportunity much today. But I, I think of him as building up to this one, this huge moment, where he's coming up to deliver some lunches, and he's overlooked yet again. He's been overlooked in his home. His dad didn't think to bring him up to say, hey, look at him. Here, here's, here's, here's David out in the field. No, he chose the other sons to be potentially picked by Samuel. But meanwhile, there was a champion out there in the field. Meanwhile, there was somebody developing a relationship with God out there in that field. Meanwhile, there was somebody out there that was just looking up and saying, who is God? Who am I that God is mindful of me? Somebody that was getting to know who our mighty God was. Instead of caught up into the day-to-day busyness of, of what life holds, he had some time to reflect and find out who he was. But this day comes. Here he comes up to this battlefield. Nobody's Nobody's challenging Goliath. Everyone's afraid. Nobody's saying, you know, I'll take him on. Saul certainly isn't. He's got the armor. He's got the armor of a king. The Bible says he was head and shoulders above everyone else. And I'm sure he had the best armor maker that there was in all of Israel or all of the land. I'm sure he had the best armor, the best sword. And here comes David strolling up, saying, why is nobody fighting this giant? Why is nobody fighting this man? What, 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 we are Israel. We are chosen. We are God's chosen. But no one's fighting. Everyone's afraid. And I think of, of our two battlefronts as Christians. And when I say Christians, I'm talking about Bible-believing Christians. I'm talking about through and through. This isn't a book for that time. This is a book for today. I'm talking about a Christian that's called out of the world, that believes every word that is in this book, that is it for today as much as it was back when it was written, that it's for us right now. I'm talking about called out of the world, Holy Ghost-filled saints and Christians of God, two of our biggest battlefronts are the world and inside the church. And I think about how David, this story shows a little bit of both of them. One, he was prepared and knew how you were supposed to fight in this world. He knew how you were supposed to fight this giant. He knew, oh, you're supposed to be a swordsman. Oh, you're supposed to have armor. You're supposed to be prepared. You're supposed to practice on how to yield a sword, how to use a shield, how to wear your helmet or what, what's the right type of helmet. In, in battle and in war, you know, there's different types of, uh, of weapons they use for however, whatever kind of warfare it's going to be. If it's up close, one-on-one battle, 
if it's from afar, whatever, there was archers, there's swords, whatever it may be. There's preparation that you have to go through to go into a battle. David certainly knew that. So he comes up to this battlefield, and he automatically thinks, okay, nobody else is going to fight this giant, so I'm going to go out, and I'm going to fight this giant. So what's the natural instinct? I'm going to put on what the world tells me I'm supposed to fight with. How the world tells me I'm supposed to fight. The world tells me I have to have the best education. The world tells me I have to compete with my coworker. The world tells me that I have to fight for everything that I get. The world tells me that I have to do it on my own, that I have to make my way, that I have to compete against somebody, that I have to tear someone down to get the advancement. That's what the world tells me. The world told David, you have to have this great, especially against this giant. You better have some good armor, David. You better have the right equipment. But it was never going to fit. It was never going to fit David because that's not the fight that he was in. He wasn't in a, a battle that this world is going to fight. He wasn't in the same battle that Goliath wanted to fight. He wasn't in the same battle that even Saul thought needed to be fought. He was in a battle for God. He was in a battle for the kingdom of God. He was in an entirely different battle that was only going to be won by his faith and what God had called him to do from whatever point of time that that was, that Samuel said, you're going to be the king. But that's not how we're used to fighting. And we go too many times into the workplace, into life, into challenges with, with our family, with, with our friends, again, our coworkers, whatever it may be. Th those are the battles that we go into and we say, okay, I have to use my same old defense mechanism that I always use. I have to use the same thing that, that, I, that I inherited from my parents or from my grandparents, whatever it is. I'm going to go back to that same old habit that I've always gone to because this is how I fight my battles. This is how I've been taught. This is what education told me or this is what dad told me. This is what mom told me, whatever it is. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to pull that back out of the, you know, the little weapon drawer and say, all right, let's go at it. You know, pastors always said, if you have uh, come from a culture that's like, well, that's just who I am. I just shoot off at the mouth, and we just go at it. That's just what we do. Pretty much, it seems like every culture says that, that that's their culture. So, but again, it's just a worldly weapon. It's, not, it's a carnal weapon. It's not how we win any battles. And quite frankly, we're not in any battles. It's the Lord's battle. We know it, we hear it, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We hear it all the time. But how quickly and how easily we fall back into the same trap, day after day, day after day. Because the problem is, we, we, we learn more from the world than we do from the Bible or from God. Because too often we come in and we get our spiritual fix once a week, twice a week. Maybe we'll come on Wednesday nights, thank everyone for being here, and get a, a few, another fix but then we go back to the workplace tomorrow or back to the school tomorrow or whatever it is. Or we go home tonight and we get back into that same battle that we were just having with our spouse or our children or our parents, whatever it may be. And we go back to that carnal warfare. I came, I got my spiritual fix for a little while, but I'm going to go back to my weapons. I'm going to go back to Saul's armor because it's what I know. It's what I'm taught. It's what everybody else is using. So that's what I'm going to go ahead and use and that's what I'm going to fight with. Meanwhile, we're chopping people up 
getting ourselves chopped up and not, nobody's winning. And God is saying, do you remember what I said? It's not flesh and blood. It's principalities. We forget Satan's over here saying, yeah, go ahead, fight each other. Get into that battle. Get into that. Go ahead, fight with that weapon. Fight with Saul's armor. Go ahead. Satan's glad to let us go ahead and pull out Saul's armor every time because he knows he's going to win. He knows if David would have walked onto that battlefield with Saul's armor, Goliath certainly would have won. But God said, no, that's, not, that's why you're not going to wear Saul's armor because I'm going to get the victory. I don't care. Take up a little rock. That's all you need because I'm going to be glorified. Israel, I'm going to glorify Israel because it's me, because it's my, because I'm your God. But we click quickly go to Saul's armor, even though it's never, it's never going to fit. I don't care what it is, what fight you go into tomorrow at work or wherever it is, it is never going to fit. You wonder why you don't fit in at work. You wonder why, oh, I'm a little bit different. We try sometimes. Trust me, I used to do it. I, I've done it. I may still do it again. I'm, I'm not saying I've got it all figured out up here, but we try. We say, okay, well, I, I, can, I can fit in here, or let's go ahead and join in this conversation, or you know what, I'll go, I'll, I'll go to happy hour. I might have a drink. I might not. I might just watch them. Meanwhile, the conversations that are taking place, you know, how, how much can I not be a part of that? Now they're going to be offended all oh, your you know all oh, you're too holy for this whatever the case may be but we try to pick up Saul's armor and go to battle with it we try to get that promotion by wearing Saul's armor we try to be looked at it's pretty Saul's armor was beautiful I'm sure it was it was a king's armor it had to have been gorgeous it's great to put that on right and go to work in the king's armor Really? Absolutely. As opposed to having to look apostolic or, or, or look like somebody that's modest? That's not easy. I understand. But you're chosen. You're called out. You're not wearing Saul's armor. You've got a victory. You've got a victory in a little rock. Nobody else may know that. So I don't care what it looks like tomorrow when you go to work. I don't care what it looks like this week. I don't care what your finances look like. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what your parents say. I don't care what your neighbor says. I don't care what your coworker says. I don't care. You're a child of God. You don't have to wear that armor anymore. You don't even have to try to put it on. Let them wear it. Goliath had great armor on. I forget how big it says... A Goliath spear was some, some, insane. I probably couldn't even pick it up if it was up here. It was so big. He, he was ready to, I mean, he could have killed half the, armor, or the army, I'm sure, by himself. It doesn't matter. It wasn't going to work. Because when you fight God's fight, when you say, I'm not going to put on that armor because it's not going to fit anyway. So why try? Why try to go into the battle? Why try every day to get up and say, all right, I'm going to try to go in here and deal with this person again the way that I'm told by this world that I'm supposed to deal with them. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to go in and I'm going to show grace and I'm going to show mercy today. That's how I'm going to fight this battle today. I'm not even getting into the home of God. My daughter could sing the whole song right now. I'm not even going to get into that, but I'm talking about grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. If that's how I want to go into this fight, that's how I'm going to win. How many people do you know are constantly, constantly in conflict? 
My Lord, if they're not in conflict with someone, they're in conflict with themselves. It's a constant battle and a constant conflict. Why is that? Because they're fighting the wrong fight. If you just have grace and mercy, you're going to have peace. There's, there's, no, there's no weapon that's going to fight grace or mercy. There's no weapon that's going to stand up to it. If you show people mercy or you receive grace from God, you're going to have peace. That's just the facts. How, how many times do we get into these battles and we come away just agonized, saying, well, well I should have said this. I should have said that. I should have told them this. I should have told them off when they said that. And maybe we did do that. But the fact is, at the end of that argument or at the end of that fight, two people were either wounded and, and, and they're hurt more than they were beforehand or nobody's won. But you show them grace and you show them mercy. And you walk away. And they're going to receive that. Something's going to change. That battle is all of a sudden going to change. That battlefield is now going to change when you start fighting with grace and mercy. But that's the world. That's what David Tried to do it first, and he said, you know what? This doesn't fit. It's not going to fit. I can't. I, I don't feel good. I'm not moving around good. I, I, I don't think I can go out there and, and wear this and fight this. So I'm just going to do what I said. Everything that I just proclaimed to all these soldiers, everything that I just proclaimed to King Saul, every bit of faith that I just poured out and said, why are you all afraid of this man? Everything that I just said, now I'm going to go ahead. Now I have to walk it. Now I have to pick up my sling and my rock, and now I have to go and show it and live it. How many times do we talk it, claim it, quote the scriptures, tell people this is what you got to do? It's a lot easier to look at somebody and tell them what to, they have to do, or hey, God's got you. You're going to be fine. Don't you know this scripture? Don't you know that? It's a lot easier to do that, but when it comes to us, we quote the scriptures all the time, but are we, we going to say, I'll receive it? I believe it, and I'm going to stand on it, and I'm going to go ahead and let it go, like Pastor said the other day, about cares, about cares, about saying, you know what? I shouldn't care for anything, because if I'm going to quote this scripture, then it's time to walk it, because somebody's watching. Somebody's hearing you quote those scriptures. Somebody's hearing you every day. Oh, don't you know, every time they call you, every time they come up to you and they say, I'm going through this, I'm going through that, they're hearing you say, well, remember this, turn my eyes to the hills. Remember this, lean not to your own understanding. Whatever it is that you quote every time, for me, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Whatever it is, somebody's watching. And then now, what happens when you go to them and you start feeling like, oh, you know what, I can't make it. Not going to make it this time. It's not going to work. God's done, left me. He's done forgot about me. I'm just going to, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to walk the walk? Are we going to face this world and these battles with what we believe in? Are we going to face and hold on to this and, and believe it? We say, I believe it. We say it's true. It's true today as it was yesterday. Then it's time to believe it. It's time to walk it. And it's not easy in this world, especially in this culture, in this country, being torn apart, torn apart politically torn apart in so many ways. It's up to us. It's up to the church. It's up to Holy Ghost-filled saints to say, you know what? I'm not going to partake in that conversation. I'm not going to say, okay, I'm falling in to this camp or that camp. Because I tell you what, they're fighting, they're fighting with Saul's armor. 
I don't care what political party it is, there's going to be something you're going to find. Okay, I identify with this one well, but I don't like that. I identify with this one, but I don't agree with that necessarily. So we're not going to fit in. We need to just quit trying to fit in. I don't want to fit in. The word tells me I'm a stranger. I'm just passing through. I'm a pilgrim coming through this land. So why do I care? I can't get caught up in watching the news and all these stations and, and getting behind this person or that person because at the end of the day, if they're not Holy Ghost filled, then they don't see things the way I see them. They don't understand things the way that I see them. They don't know what I know. They don't know what this book really means. So it's not worth it. I can't get caught up into it. People are fighting and out there and so angry and bitter. No wonder we're getting cut off and people are giving us nasty signs all the time on the highway and, and frustrated and yelling at you, snapping at you at the workplace or at a restaurant. Nobody cares. Nobody's friendly to anybody. Everybody's eaten up by this stuff, being eaten alive by the world, trying to wear Saul's armor. That's what they're doing. They're trying to fight a battle because they don't know. They don't know what you know. They don't know what we know. So stop trying to fight them the way they fight. It's not going to get you anywhere. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. But there's a fight also inside the church. Inside the church. And I, I, I love the church. This is nothing against the church. It's where we come. It's where we grow. It's where we fellowship. It's where we, we learn to love. It's where we learn to, to be the body of Christ. It's how we grow. But I, I think about David there again. And he goes up and, and he puts on, again, he puts on Saul's armor. He didn't immediately say no. He, he didn't say, well, you know what, I don't think that's going to fit. Let me try, you know. Jimmy's over there because he's a little bit more my size. He said, all right, I'm going to try and put it on. And I'm going to take my liberty a little bit here, but I, I think part of David might have wanted the king's armor to fit. I think, I think part of David wanted to, to wear the king's armor and to show I'm the king. I, I'm the rightful king here. I think part of David wanted everybody to see that. Because, again, he didn't say, there's no way that's, that, that's going to fit. This person's over here. This is a little bit better. That sword, that, that fits me a little bit better. That, that shield is definitely a little bit more my size. He didn't, say, he didn't say any of that. He put it on. And I think us in, in, the, in the church, you know, like David, being called out at an early age, we get lost in what's my part, what's my place, Am I getting credit for this? Am I getting, you know, credit for that? Am, am, am I being, you know, adored by people for, for what I'm doing instead of just saying, you know what? I know I'm called. I don't care if my brothers were looked at first or whatever it is, but I know that God has called me. And what part do I need to fit in, Lord, in your church and your kingdom to fulfill that? Instead of worrying about if I do fit in the king's armor, how, what, where, where do I fit in, God? What, how do you use me? Help me to be used. Because David quickly took it off and said, this, this doesn't fit. I can't, I can't move around. I can't fight. I can't fight this fight. And here we are in, in the church, 
And we have an amazing church, a blessed church, a solid church. I'm thankful for it and the people. But it's easy for us, even ourselves, to say, well, where, what about me? What am I doing? Why am I not being used like this, like David knew for all those years? But I'm called to be the king. I'm the one that was anointed king back then. The world chose Saul's armor. The world said, well, he's head and shoulders. The world, Israel, wanted somebody else at that time. Meanwhile, that had to have been hard for David. Had to have been hard for David to look at that and see this man being anointed, being adored, having the king's armor, all those things. So David had to see that. Meanwhile, saying, but, but I'm the one that's called. I, I, I'm the one that's supposed to be wearing the king's armor. I'm the one that's supposed to have all the servants and, and, and be calling all the shots. And that, that can cause conflict. When, when we want to fight, come in and fight inside the church with Saul's armor and say, where I want to fit in. I, I, I want to do that. I want to do this. Meanwhile, we could all be doing something every day. And thank you all for everything that we did Sunday. What a day that we had Sunday of fellowship, even though it was scorching hot. Brother Otis, thank you for cooking because I'm sure even by that grill. Amen. I'm sure even by that grill it was even hotter. But, but that's who we have to be as a church, as a congregation. We've got a pastor that's been anointed and appointed to lead this congregation, and he does it so well. I'm so thankful for him. But we have to say, okay, I'm not going to wear Saul's armor inside of this congregation. I'm not going to wear Saul's armor when I step foot into that church. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to show again grace and mercy because that's how this church, this body of Christ, this, this tree of life is going to see what's happening, is going to see what we want to see fulfilled because that's not the end. The new building is not the end. That's, that, that's, that's, not, that's not it. God is saying, look, you're in, you're, you're in a region. I've heard Terry Schock preach this recently where he said to pastors, he said, okay, um, you know, you're, you're wanting to grow. Especially he was talking to home missions pastors and said, I know you have a vision. I know you have an idea of what, what you want to see happen for your church. So he's like, everybody, you know, close your eyes and, and visualize that. Okay, so you want to get, you're at 40. Okay, you want to get, get to 100. Great, okay, that's great, okay. So now, oh, 200, that would be, that would be fantastic. You know, our, our sanctuary right now, it, it, it sits 300, so if we can just fill that up, fantastic. Okay, now, now close your eyes and envision, you know, this great new building of 1,000 or 1,200 or 1,500 seats. Okay, now you've made it, right? Okay, now, now you've made it because that's what everybody does, right? That's a big church. That's a great church. And, and then he said, but God is saying, okay, now how many people are in your city? How many people are in your region? We're talking millions. And that's the only way we're going to be able to reach millions. That's the only way we're going to be able to reach the loss that God wants us to reach because, let's face it, there's a stigma that a lot of churches and Christians have out there now because of so many people that have done so many things wrong. But when they come into this church, I'm thankful for what they feel. 
I'm thankful for the love that they feel. I'm thankful for every greeter that greets them at the door and every usher, every Connect Point member, everybody that greets somebody and smiles because that's one thing that we always hear. I always hear, and you probably hear too, what an incredible, friendly church. What an amazing church. Thank God for that. And if we can keep that, if we can keep that and, and not let Saul's armor in here and not let the enemy get into conflicts between each of us, or, 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 or whatever it may be that goes on. If we can just get behind Pastor and say, okay, this is the direction you're taking us, Pastor. I'm here. I'm behind you. I'm with you. You go ahead, and it doesn't matter what armor. It, I'm not wearing the king's armor. That's fine, because he's not wearing it either, quite frankly. He's just like David and saying, I don't need that. Because that's not going to take us anywhere. We want souls to come in here and be fed and find out the truth and say, you know what? I don't want to go into a place where they're fighting and they sound just like what I just left today at work. That's not what people want. And that's what we got to be. And I'm thankful that that's who we are. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. If you're constantly in conflict, if you're constantly saying, well, they this and they did that to me and they treated me this way. Or if you're constantly saying, well, I deserve that, or I deserve this, or I didn't do that right, constantly critiquing yourself, mercy. Show yourself some mercy. Receive God's grace. Say, you know what? It's all right that I didn't handle that perfectly. But thank you, God. Your grace is new every day. Your mercies are new every day. Your grace is sufficient. That's how I find rest. That's how I find peace. If you can't lay your head down at the end of the day, at night, and you're restless, and you're waking up in the middle of the night, and you can't fall asleep because of some conflict, you're fighting the wrong battle. You got Saul's armor on. I'm telling you right now, you need to get up out of that bed, take that Saul's armor off, find your prayer closet, and say, Lord, pour your grace and your mercy out on me right now. Because I got too much conflict in my mind that I can't resolve. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to remember what worked last time. Well, I said that. That worked last time. So-and-so did that. That worked for them. Help Jesus, help us. Take it off. Get, that, get Saul's armor off. It's not going to do you any good. It's grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. And the fact is, that's the only thing that we can't fight with. Because you are in a battle. Let's face it, you're in a battle. Quit thinking again, just like the building, that there's an end. There's no end. All I need to hear is well done, good and faithful servant. That's when it's over. It, it, it doesn't matter. We're, we're in a life where it's, it's constantly one thing, right? Everybody, it's constantly one thing after another, right? Because Satan is trying to attack you. And God's trying to perfect you. So it doesn't stop. So you can fight and you can put on Saul's armor and keep resisting, keep fighting, keep being Jacob, whatever it is that you want to be and however you want to fight it. Or you can say, you know what? Satan, you're coming after me. That's all right. The Lord rebuke you. And you can say, Lord, you're perfecting me. Teach me. Help me. I don't want to go through this conflict again. I don't want to keep coming home and fighting this battle. I don't want to keep fighting this battle on my head. So, Lord, teach me so that tomorrow I can wake up with grace and mercy and say, I'm not going to fight this in my head anymore. I'm giving it to you. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. God, perfect me. Help me to handle it better next time. That's how we do it. That's how we fight. And, and I have to say, Say this, I, I am coming to a close, but pastors, 
message this, this past Sunday. Um, all due respect to all of our ministers here at Tree of Life, to every evangelist that comes through here, every missionary that comes through, every speaker that pastor sees fit to, to preach from this pulpit. <clears throat> I can walk away from pretty much every message pastor preaches and say, that's the best message I've ever heard. But I'll say this about some Sunday. Something broke. And if you didn't hear it, if you didn't feel it, you need to go back and listen to it. And you need to go back and listen to it again and again and again. Because I can vouch for two miracles that I know of right now. Absolute miracles that never would have happened. Sister Gail Mitchell, won, and this isn't one of the miracles I'm talking about, but Sister Gail also, by her, just that, that showing that she did, by giving that widow's might, something that was so precious to her, but the, the symbolicness of that, of what that is, that widow's, that widow's might. Something broke here Sunday. And I encourage you all to receive it because he preached it. He preached what God put on his heart to receive the blessings, to step out in faith, to say, Lord, I don't know, I'm challenged by this, I'm challenged by that, and we may doubt, and we may wonder, and we may fear, can I do this if I give this? It's not just about giving money, by the way. It's about just literally stepping out in faith and again, standing on that word and saying, I'm going to finally believe all the scriptures that I quote. He preached it Sunday and said, God is ready to build a church. That's us, a people. He's ready to build us up and make us up to more powerful soldiers than we could ever be. He's, he's saying, get, get off. Get out of Saul's armor. Go ahead and take me. And, and, and wear me. Put on my garments. That's what he's telling us. And if we'll do that, if we'll do that, if the musicians become, if we'll go ahead and say, we heard it preached, something broke. Now it's up to me to say, I'm going to go ahead and step out in faith and do that. I don't know what God's calling us to do. God may be calling some of us to service. In, inside the church or for Tree of Life. God may be calling for some of us to give more than, than we've ever thought we could give. But it's time to stop being worried about it or fearing it or have that spirit of heaviness like Isaiah 61 and 3 says, put on the garment, the garment of peace. Let, let God fight the battles. Let God, if we could stand, That presence we felt when we first started worshiping tonight, when we first felt his presence, when we first said, you know, Lord, come and take over and, and let, let your presence fill me and fill this place. If we can just go ahead and do that and just say, I'm done with the flesh and blood. It's the principalities. And tonight when you leave and you're tempted immediately when you get that phone call from the person you don't want to talk to or the first thought or maybe even in here, the first conversation you have that you don't want to have or the first conflict that you have. Maybe it's tomorrow morning. I, I, I don't know. But the minute that that happens, if you can just remember to, to stop with the normal reaction of putting on Saul's armor. If you could just say, I'm not 
I'm not going to wear that armor. I'm not going to wear it anymore. Because God, that's not how, that nobody wins. Nobody wins. That's why Satan loses. We know the end. We know, we know who wins. We, are, we already know the outcome. Satan can keep fighting all he wants. He can use Saul's armor all he wants. But we, we, we know. So I'm just going to ask if you'd come forward, if we, if we could hold up pastor in prayer, if we, could, if we could fight ourselves tonight, if we could take a few minutes and say, you know what, Lord, I, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, going to put on some things, put off some things that I put on today. I'm going to put off some things that I, that I carried in today. I'm going to put off my, my old habits. I'm going to take Saul's armor and I'm going to get rid of it once and for all. And I'm going to start trusting, trusting you. I, it's out of my character because I, I, I'm so used to leaning on my, my doctor. He tells me I'm so used to leaning on the medication that he tells me to use. I'm so used to this paycheck coming in that's going to tell me it's going to take care of that next problem. I'm so used to fighting that that financial battle. I'm so used to fighting this physical battle the way that I know how. And, and Lord, I'm tired. If you're tired, you're fighting the wrong battle. If you're tired and worn out, you're fighting the wrong battle. We shouldn't be tired. You should be resting in grace and mercy. It says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God. 